So let's do this. We're going to look at three different uh, kind of resurrection stories and share a little bit with each one. Now, this may, to me, this feels like um, like Mark's talk last week a little bit, and maybe that's because it's still like rummaging around in my brain and life, or maybe it's just because it always should, you know? Um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very much like that. So we, we get to talk about uh, kind of loving Jesus again, which I think is all right. <laughs> I don't guess I should apologize for that. Let's remove every disclaimer that I just said, and let's just get after it. How about that? All right, let's do that. So let's turn to Matthew first. <laughs> Matthew 28. Um, and, and I want to I start with this. Um, so this Friday... Like on Good Friday, um, we had Evers Boys Day. Evers Boys Day at our house is pretty, uh, it's a pretty exciting day. In fact, it was so exciting that on Thursday, one Evers boy woke up and thought it was Evers Boys Day, and then when he had to go to school, was quite disappointed that it wasn't <laughs> Evers Boys Day. <laughs> quite sad, quite a hard morning, because it was not Evers Boys Day. And I get it. I was also sad that it wasn't Evers Boys Day on Thursday, that we had to wait one more day, but we did. So every Evers Boys Day, we have, um, we have a plan. We talk about the night before. We talk about what are we going to do on Evers Boys Day. All right? It's the three of us hanging out. What are we going to do? What is the itinerary for Evers Boys Day? Um, and so this was the itinerary for Evers Boys Day. Uh, number one, I don't remember who said it. It was like the first thing. I was like, all right, what are we doing tomorrow on Evers Boys Day? One of them was like, we should wrestle together. And I was like, perfect. Evers Boys Day wrestle, very crucial to Evers Boys Day. That sounds awesome. We're going to regardless. Uh, let's plan it. That's better than having an impromptu wrestle on Everest Boys Day. Those are usually cause problems, but let's do that. And then another one was, let's go to your work together on Everest Boys Day. And I was like, <laughs> I guess. Okay, okay. We can do that too. We can do that too. I can, I can show you off at work. We'll just go do something. Other one was, let's eat donuts together on Everest Boys Day. Awesome, right? That sounds great. And then one of them, and I'm sure you can guess which one, said, let's go see Mommy on Evers Boys Day. He's with her now. Um, he's, he's the Evers Boys Day not laying on the chairs, which was awesome, which was great, and we did. We went, and the other one said, let's take mommy to pizza on Evers Boys Day, which we also did, and then it was, let's watch Planet Earth together. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. Now, here's, here's what's wonderful about that, though, and this was the first Evers Boys Day that it kind of caught me because of, because of Mark's talk last week, is they everything about Evers Boys Day that's special is that the Evers Boys are doing it together. That's what it is. That's what is special about Evers Boys Day. You know what they didn't ask to do on Evers Boys Day? Can we clean the house for you on Evers Boys Day, right? Can we go work at your work for you on Evers Boys Day, right? That's not in there. Can we make pancakes for you on Evers Boys Day is not on there. None of that. They don't want to do anything for me on Evers Boys Day, which is, which is perfect, because I don't want them to either. What do I want for Evers Boys Day? I want the three of us wrestling together on Evers Boys Day, like piling on top of each other, someone being the baloney. It's the one in the middle. It's the baloney. <laughs> one of us being the baloney. Someone's going to cry because they accidentally got smashed, you know? It's... That's what I want on Evers Boys Day. I want on Evers Boys Day us eating donuts together, like sharing them, 
at the same table at SNH Donuts, being ridiculous, us cutting in line on accident and doing it together, though. That's what I want. That's what I want on Evers Boys Day. I don't want them to draw a picture for me over there. I want us to draw a picture. I want us to read lots of stories. I want us to go pick up their mother and take her to pizza. I want us to play video games at Pint House together, even though we don't have quarters and pretend that we do, right? That's what I want us to do. That's what we did. I didn't have any quarters. But that's, that's what I want. I want on Evers Boys Day. If they thought that they should do things for me on Evers Boys Day, that would crush me, break my heart, make me quite sad. And I want us, again, during the resurrection, to see how the disciples and how the women finding him and how... Hey, sit down, buddy. <laughs> it's all good. I know you're restless. Just sit down. Um, I, want, I want us to look at them and see how they still missed that point. They still missed like, what Jesus wanted from them in, from the get-go. Okay, So let's look at um, Matthew 28 first. We're going to get Matthew, John, and, or Matthew, Luke, and John. It says this, Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. I love it. It's like the other Mary. Like, there's two. There's two Marys. There's like 48 Marys in all of the scripture, but that's fine. These two went. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came down and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. So a little bit of, of background that wasn't clearly defined in this passage but in others it is. What are these women going to do at the tomb? What are they going to go do? Do what now? They're going to put spices on his body for what? Yeah, it's like the, the process of the burial, right? In, in doing so, what are they trying to do to Jesus? They're what? Perfect. Perfect isn't that's what I thought too. Not, I mean, I'm sure there's other good answers. That's just the word I was with. So they're going to the tomb to honor Jesus together, right? That's their hope. They're going to do this thing. They're going to finish the, the religious requirements of theirs to bury him properly, to show his dead body honor, right? To show that his life meant something to them. They're going to anoint his body. They're going to continue to wrap it in burial clothes. They're going to finish the job of burying him properly. And in doing so, they will honor Jesus. That's what, that's what their intentions are, which is not bad right? It's very kind. It must have meant a lot to them. 
his life must have meant a lot to them for them to want to honor him so, right? To, to go back, to try to somehow persuade the guards to let them in, to somehow roll away the stone that lots of people had to roll into place that you can't move, that the two of them couldn't have moved, right? So they're going with this idea of they are going to do this thing for Jesus because he has meant a lot to them. Because they remember who they were before they met him. Because they remember the teachings that he gave, the way he touched people, the way he healed the sick, the way he took care of people with leprosy and touched their bodies, the way he was willing to be a part of people's lives, the way he was willing to be their Emmanuel, their God with us, really. And so they wanted to go, and they wanted to honor him. They wanted to. And that's okay. That's special, right? And we, a lot of times, want to do the same. We want to show that, yes, our salvation, our change, our transformation means a lot to us. So we want to live in a way that honors Jesus, right? We, we want to make sure that we, we, had, we press forward and pursue righteous lives, pursue pure lives, that we, that we address our lives and repent from things that we are, we are wrong and things of our old self that continue to... to fester in us, right? We want to repent of these things. We want to leave those things. We want to live that life, right? And we want to honor Jesus. We want to work for him in these ways of honoring him, right? I hope when I'm here doing this that what I say honors Jesus. A lot of times I wonder, but I really hope every time that it does, right? Mark hoped the same. Aisha writing that blog hoped the same, that it was honoring of Jesus. But the, the beautiful thing about the resurrection is they went with intention to honor Jesus and finish his burial. But look what they got to do instead. Look what, what happened to them, what interrupted their, their act of honoring him. They departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples, and behold, Jesus met them along the way. Speaks to them and says, Greetings. They came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. There was something better Jesus had for them than just doing acts of honor towards him. They got to take hold of his feet, touch his new body, and worship. With him. With Jesus, take hold of his body and worship. And I know so many of you are so wonderfully good at honoring Jesus with your actions or your service or your, your words or your repentance. All these things are good and all these things do honor God very much. I mean, the fact that this happens every week, right? Or four out of five weeks a month or whatever it is that we end up doing is honoring and it's hard. And it's a lot of work for not just the people back there, for so many of you. And that is honoring of Jesus. But there's, there's something we can miss if that's our intention. If just showing Jesus honor is our intention, we may miss the opportunity to take hold of his feet. Like take hold of his body and worship with his person, right? And, and Evers boys on Friday knew they didn't want to miss that. That they wanted to like take hold of their dad and like eat a donut with him. 
we can, can learn so much from, from these women understanding that, yes, they were going to do a very wonderful thing, a thing that was great, right? A thing that meant a lot, a thing that showed their fortitude, and it showed how much they loved him, and it showed their resolve. But instead, what they got to do is something way better. They got to actually worship and take hold of him. And so I would, I would really hope for us that on this resurrection day that we understand that we can actually take hold of him and worship with him. Worship his self today together. That's what we get to do. That We don't just have to live a good life that shows him honor, but we get to live a life of worship taking hold of his body. And there's a big difference there. There is. I, I want us to find that tension and, and press into that. And the, another story, very similar, um, from a different point of view, in Luke 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. This is when they're taking the spices they prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, Two men by them in dazzling, stood by them in dazzling apparel. And they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered these words. And returning from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to the rest. And now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with him who told these things to the apostles. And this is such a sad end of the sentence. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. So here's something I think we... Um, we, we miss as well. And, and a lot of this, I say we, this is more personally I know I miss this. Because um, I've heard about Easter 35 times, however old I am. 34, I guess, because I was born after Easter. So 34 times I've been a part of an Easter Sunday, an Easter story. Growing up, we did a sunrise service every Sunday, and I had to go. It was cold. I had to go. We took blankets. I had to be in the blanket. I had to do it. <coughs> Afterwards, we ate pancakes. It was awesome. That was the tradition. It was lovely. But I heard the story every time. Every time. My grandpa was a pastor of a, um, a small church in East Texas, and I had to know the story. It was important to know the story. We celebrated it really well. We had a big lunch. BB cooked amazing food all morning, and we had an amazing Sunday dinner every year. So I, I, I've heard the story a lot. I've heard it a lot. And I don't think it seems like an idle tale. I don't think that's it. I don't think it's a, it's a disbelief as much as I'm positive there are times I do not marvel at what's happening. I'm positive of that. And I think for us, it may be one of the two. Maybe, maybe when someone ex- expresses this story to us or when you read it and you look, maybe it does seem like an idle tale. Maybe it's like a religious thing that you struggle to believe. And that's, I understand that. I get it. I get it, first of all, because a long time ago. And second of all, someone got up from being dead. That's a, that's a, 
I mean, we can't act like that's super normal, okay? I mean, like, their body got up and wasn't in the tomb anymore. I mean, that's a, that's a thing. It's a big deal. It's hard to believe. And I get that. But I think for more of our church, more of us, our family, I think, it, I think it's more difficult for us to marvel at it, though, because we've heard it. Or because we know that. Or because Easter is a nice Sunday where you try to get your kid to wear a collared shirt. You know? And it's about, it's, it's about so many other things. It's about, it's about traveling. It's about family singing, which is all wonderful. All that's beautiful and, and good, right? But I think we, we're in, in danger of, of being the disciples who actually did run to the tomb Looked in, didn't see anything, and we're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course he got up. We know that. We've known that for a long time. He said he would, you know, obviously. Of course he rose. I've known that since I was six. Right? I've heard that story so many times. Yes, I believe that with quotes, right? When I think the resurrection, what it should challenge us to do is marvel a bit, at least. To, to be in awe of it some, of the love. If we could, we can't even muster that up, I know. We have to, like, ask for it. To, some of us need to legitimately, this, this morning, one of my thoughts is I'm, like, just laying there trying to think about today is just, please, help me marvel a little. I mean, think of it with some sort of awe. And that is a sad prayer to pray. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that I think of it like, of course, it happened, or like it becomes apathetic to me. I don't mean that. I don't want that at all. I, I really desperately don't. But I think a lot of us are in that boat, that it's something we do every year, and we think about until it comes. And then on the resurrection day, we say, of course he rose. Of course. And we're glad. It's not like we're not happy about it. But I don't know if, like Peter... Stooping in to look and seeing an empty tomb, we marvel. And we wonder, what in the world just happened? How did this happen? What kind of love was that powerful? What did God exhale onto him that made him like get life back? How did that work? I mean, like what what was the mechanism of the heart beginning again? What how did it look for him to sit up and undo the grave clothes? Like what in the dark? What was the first breath again like? What power did that first inhale bring to the world? What did that do? And I just, I, I want us to do more than, than just celebrate and have brunch. I, I want us to wonder with awe how it even took place, the, why it took place, the, the mechanisms that it happened, the, the look on the women's faces, the, the guards who as dead men, you know, stopped everything because angels were scary or whatever, whatever we want to think about. What is that that would bring awe to you? And we need to think of it. And we need to meditate on that. And we need to actually contemplate the resurrection in that way.
that the, all that that brought. And then also just the, this John passage that I like because well, I'll tell you in just a second. You'll know why I like it. Um, in John 20, it says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early and while it was still dark, saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other <laughs> disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to him, Do we know who the one who Jesus loved is? It's John, the one writing this, which is awesome. <laughs> I like him so much. Like, he, <laughs> I don't want to say it was me. I don't want to write in first person. That's not couth or whatever in like <laughs> literature in that day, I guess. I'll just refer to myself as the one Jesus loved. <laughs> that makes more sense to me. <laughs> I like that. And my, <laughs> and my sons do that too. It's awesome. Um, Tobin, Daddy said, the one he loves most. Anyway. <laughs> um, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. Peter went with the other disciple and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. <laughs> Not only loves Je- does Jesus love me, but I am faster than that man. <laughs> I like it so much. Oh, Peter's like, dude, you're just younger. Relax. Relax. Um, <laughs> uh, reached the tomb first, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, following him, went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in and saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. Then the, then the disciples went back to their homes. Now, when... Other, other thoughts on this. So why would, I mean, yes, they were curious, I think. And yes, I think they were in awe and were, you know, wondering what was going on. But I think, too, part of Peter, for sure, I would assume at least, was going to kind of, and maybe, maybe not, I'm, I may be reading too much into it, maybe going to, like, protect the body of Jesus in some way, right? Like, he heard it's gone. He's like, who stole Jesus, you know? So he's going to run, take care of it, like he tried to chop the dude's ear off when they're going to get him. He tried. He chopped it off. Um, and it's, it's one of these things of like, I don't, know, I don't know the guilt that they're going through at this time. I don't know what, what the three days have been like for them. It's obviously been disappointing, to say the least. It's obviously this movement that they've been a part of that's more than that, and more special to that to them, more like meaningful to that, confusing to them. You know, they still don't understand the kingdom of heaven at hand the whole time, and they're trying to get it. And sometimes they do. And then sometimes they're like, no, bring fire on the Samaritans. Jesus is like, no, don't say that. You know, we're going back and forth with them trying to believe. And then they desert Jesus. Peter denies three times, weeps bitterly. They're just in this dark place. And then they find out these women are going to go honor him and, and put burial spice on him. And then he's gone. Someone took him they say. And so then they run to go see what the deal is. But what are they going to do when they get there? What's the plan, right? They're just going to go run and see if they're telling the truth or they run in to try to find out who did it so they can go get his body back. Like, what's the, what's the thought here? I don't, I don't know. And so in reading this this week, I've just been wondering, what, 
What, are they, what were they going to do when they got there? Like, what was the plan, you know? And I wonder if it was, like, to protect the name of Jesus some or to the body, to not let it go to dishonor. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it was. Um, but if it's to protect Jesus, I can, I can relate with that too much, I think. To where, I mean, we, we do this all the time. We, we want to, we hear someone talking bad of Christianity or of Jesus. We want to be defensive and protect. It's like, no, it's not like that. Not every Christian is this way, you know. Or Jesus wasn't that way. Not my Jesus or whatever we say to that, right? Because Jesus needs us to do that, of course. Um, C.S. Lewis has this great quote that I'll butcher, but he says that um, someone, hold on. (laughs) Something like, someone trying to speak ill of Jesus and disrespect his name is like a madman in a cell scribbling out darkness thinking the sun won't shine or something like that. It's like you can't, it's not, you know, Jesus is fine. The glory of Jesus is not disputed by someone being like, oh, there's no Jesus. You know, it's not, the, the point of that is like, no, there's, the, the protection we feel like God needs is not protection, it's something else. It's usually protection of us, right? Of our pride, of our, you know, childhood, of our subculture, or whatever it is. That's usually what it is, to protect that, us. I doubt a lot of times we're really worried about Jesus looking bad. It's usually us looking bad following this Jesus, usually. I think that's usually what it is. But instead of that, what they did, they just got there and, and uh, assessed the situation, looked at what was going on, saw a folded up face cloth, saw that he wasn't there, and they just, belief welled up in them. That was, that was what happened to them. Because they experienced the resurrection, and just belief happened. And they still didn't understand it says. <laughs> For they still did not understand the words Jesus had said prior, right? They still didn't understand all the teachings. They still hadn't quite grasped what he meant by, I'm going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. That still to them was probably extremely confusing, right? But they saw, and belief just kind of birthed itself in them, and like began to grow. And they run back and they start telling each other and they begin to believe and believe a little more, and they're, they're filled with awe, and they, they are just confused but excited and curious and doubtful, right? All the things that belief is. That's what belief, that, that's all those things accompany belief. And that's what begins to happen to them as the resurrection kind of unfolds, right? And then they get to see him, and they get to do what these women got to do first, and they get to take hold of him and worship with his presence, with his body. And I just hope that for us, that like we, we hear these things and we want to be able to explain the resurrection. We want to be able to prove that, no, the disciples really didn't move his body. They really must have seen it or they wouldn't have died for it. We, we have all these arguments, right, that we've been able to like prove that they're telling the truth or whatever, you know. But still, something happened to them and belief just kind of happened. It just kind of got into them. And everything else that comes with belief followed. And I, 
I really do want us to, as a body, to experience belief in that. To experience when that takes hold, the, the doubt and the confusion and the questions and the awe and the just wanting to take hold of the feet there, you know? All, all those things that happen when belief wells up. What's, what's beautiful about getting to celebrate the resurrection with you and together is that we get to experience all of that in a body of us. Some of us doubt with intensity. I want to tell you, that's part of it. That's okay. Doubt with us. Let's, let's doubt together. Some of us are just infatuated with the awe you have of Jesus, and I just need to be around you and get some of that from you. I do. That's, I, I need you here for that. I need it. And I appreciate you that just kind of well that up and show it very easily with your face and with your singing and just with the way you talk about Jesus, the way you talk about the resurrection is beautiful to me because I need that so much. I do. I need you to be whole in that way for belief to really be with me. I need, I need you. And then, and then all of us together get to actually just take hold of him and understand that honor, honoring him is not all there is. That working for him is not all there is. And in fact, Mark, Mark is right that the lovers do more than the workers. That in loving and worshiping Jesus' self, we find the resurrection. And we get to do that together. And we get to enjoy that together. And we get to enjoy it by telling each other what the resurrection means and how we see it. We get to do that by the songs we sing. We get to do that by celebrating communion. By telling each other, we offer ourselves back to Jesus, a living act of praise. Like his body was offered, we offer ours as well. And so I, I just want to tell you that that is what makes this Easter Sunday beautiful to me. Is that I haven't always understood that I need you to celebrate the resurrection. That I haven't understood that your awe of that is what I need. Even some of your doubt of that is what I need to be able to celebrate the resurrection and to find true belief in that. And so I'm glad we get to do it together. I'm glad we get to celebrate as an us, and to sing as an us. It means a lot to our family. It means a lot to me.